to the J. Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. Join us as we survey the land and discover the greatest companies and most profitable investment opportunities in Asia. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insights to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gents, we're sitting here at the RISE conference, and uh, we have the fortunate uh, opportunity to interview Cameron Adams. Cameron is the Chief Product Officer and Co-Founder of Canva, an online design and publishing tool which makes graphic design simple for everyone. Since launching in 2013, Canva has grown to over 10 million users across 190 countries with more than 400 million designs created. Cameron, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, Jay. Yeah, I'm glad uh, we got a chance to do this. And I always enjoy doing interviews in person because most 90% of mine are actually done over the internet. So when it's in person, I just feel like it's uh, a lot more personable. And, and yeah, I you get, get to n- connect a lot better. That's right. Um, so we're, we're excited to have you up here. Uh, maybe for my audience, you can just uh, quickly give us a little bit of background. Um, and maybe from the entrepreneur side, because a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs and startup founders listen in, um, maybe a little bit of your background, how you decided to become an entrepreneur, uh, or were you an entrepreneur from the get-go, um, and then how sort of that led you down this path to creating Canva? Yeah, sure. So Canva started six years ago. Um, it took us about a year to build the product before we finally launched it. But prior to that, uh, I had a fairly long history dabbling around in, in business, but I've always been more on the creative side. So straight out of university, uh, I studied uh, law and science, and I didn't really go to do any of those things. Uh, I'd been doing graphic design during university and, and picked that up as a full-time job after I left. And that was right around the time when the internet was becoming popular, particularly down in Australia. We were, we were a bit of late starters compared to the rest of the world. And I started up my own web design agency and worked there for a while, uh, and eventually ended up at Google working on a product there called Google Wave, okay. um, which was quite a groundbreaking technological project, um, but ultimately wasn't a success at Google. Um, and after taking a lot of learnings from that, I decided to go back and do my own thing, left Google, uh, did another startup with two other Google engineers, uh, learned a hell of a lot in that. Uh, we did a lot of pitching, went to Silicon Valley, talked to investors there, uh, uh, ultimately didn't come out with any money, but fortunately my old boss at Google introduced me to a woman called Melanie Perkins, who uh, had been running a school yearbook time, school yearbook business at the time, uh, and they were, they were over in Perth in Australia, uh, and built up a, a fantastic business letting schools build their own yearbooks using this Flash app. Uh, and Lars, uh, my boss from Google, told me to go talk to them about technology and what was possible in the browser. So I went and chatted to them, and that's when she told me her broader vision for what design could be. Uh, and that turned into Canva. We joined forces, and the three of us, Mel, Cliff, and Cliff and I, uh, founded the company, got the product up, uh, built a small team, and launched it with eight people in 2013. Wow, and what a uh, journey uh, it's been since then. Um, so it sounds like you were kind of entrepreneurial from the get-go. You kind of had this uh, sort of 
you're more risk tolerant and, and uh, able to, to make these sort of moves. And, and the reason I bring this up is because a lot of my listeners are, are based in Asia or in Hong Kong, uh, China or Korea or Japan, where sort of the, you know, going out and being an entrepreneur is, is less uh, encouraged, uh, even from the family level, right? So your parents, they don't necessarily uh, want you to do that. I know my parents wanted me to be a doctor, <laughs> disappointed them. Uh, but I, I think it's, I, I'm always curious to hear uh, uh, successful entrepreneurs and their entrepreneurial journey and what actually brought them uh, into that, uh, that lifestyle and that, that business. So um, thanks for sharing that. Um, now, was it a, uh, a, a pain point of Mel's that was directly the reason why she w- wanted to start this company or envision this company? Or was it a combined sort of brainstorming that happened? Uh, it was definitely the genesis was from her pain point. So she was uh, teaching design at university. Mm. And she was teaching amateurs who had never touched a design program before and never really thought about what design is and how to do it. And she was finding it incredibly frustrating. Uh, so she thought there must be a better way for people to be able to communicate their ideas and communicate their vision without having to spend two years learning Photoshop and understanding the fundamentals of design. And that was kind of the, the very uh, seed of the idea. Mm-hmm. And the yearbook business was the first step in that. Uh, she, kind of, she kind of identified a market that she wanted to tackle. Uh, and they ran that for about four or five years mm-hmm. uh, and learned a hell of a lot went out and talked to schools, talked to teachers, talked to students, uh, understood what their frustrations were, what could help them, and built up a great deal of knowledge over that time. Um, And then when they met up with me, they were just starting to formulate that broader vision of what if we could design anything? What if we could help anyone in the world Mm -hmm. uh, design what they need to communicate what they want? Um, And that's that's where Canva kind of came into its own. So uh, I'm curious... uh the name, Canva, is there a significance to that name? It's gone through a few iterations. <laughs> uh, I think one of the early names was Canvas Chef, which uh, oh. I always think is a terrible name. <laughs> Unfortunately, we moved beyond that one. Uh, we, we, we gravitated towards the word Canvas with an S. Right. Right. Uh, and one day we asked, it was really hard to find a domain name with the word Canvas in it because they're all taken. And we asked one of our engineers, who happened to be French, and we're, we're like, what, what's the word canvas in French and he's like it is Canva ah. uh, unbeknownst to us it's spelt exactly the same as canvas they don't pronounce the S though ah, right, uh, right. so okay. we went and re- uh, Mel went and registered the Canva domain with no S and that's where the name came from that's fantastic um, so uh, just I guess for for our audience's sake um, if you could just very simply maybe the user experience exactly what Canva does the functionality um, and why it's basically uh, such a successful company now, you know, but really it's because of the offering to the, the end user, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, our tagline now is design anything, publish anywhere. And the idea behind that is that we want to offer the full experience of designing something in a really simple package. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we approached, uh, you know, first entered the market, there are there are quite a few things out there, but they were very fragmented. So to uh, find an image, you had to go to a stock photo library. To find a layout, you had to go to a stock layout library. To get fonts for your design, you had to download those separately. And then you had to pull all that stuff into uh, a, an application like Photoshop and understand how to use it and know all the rules about layout and hierarchy and topography. Uh, and to do all that was an incredibly complex process. So we wanted to distill that down into one app that you could use that did it all 
and did it in such a simple way that anyone could approach it and get great results. Uh, because we wanted to take design from this very privileged professional thing that 1% of the world could do mm -hmm. and allow the other 99% of the world to access it as well. Yeah, I'm sure the designers aren't too happy about that, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> we've had we've actually had a really great reception from from designers because we've seen that as people interact with design and start creating their own things, the demand for it and their understanding of it gets gets better and better. Um, so designers who have embraced canvas, find, uh, Canva find it really. Uh, find it really liberating because mm -hmm. they get to work with their clients in a different way and uh, collaborate with them and often the clients will do stuff that designers don't like doing or that they never would have approached a designer to do anyway. Um, so most of the graphic designers who have embraced Canva uh, have found it a really valuable tool. So uh, I personally actually uh, use Canva at least once a week uh, because I actually use it for my podcast for the covers. Oh, that's great to hear. And uh, I actually uh, discovered it a couple years ago, um, and now uh, you know I've I've outsourced that work to a virtual assistant or, or that sort of thing. But I can tell you, and I haven't actually used it in maybe a year or so, but I know that literally to sign up and get an account started, it takes seconds uh, even, and I believe. Is it uh, still the sort of freemium model where you can do the free uh, and then you pay for certain like photos and, and certain advanced features? Is that still how it is? Yeah, very much. It's part of our ethos that we want people to have access to this tool uh, no matter whether they can afford it or not. Um, so we have a very strong free offering that you can use to design stuff. We have lots of free elements, free photos that you can use in your designs. But if you want to take your design to the next level, you can access premium elements that you can pay for. And they only cost a dollar, which is extremely affordable mm -hmm. for, for most people in the world. Um, and we also have a more business slanted subscription offering that you can sign up for when you want to uh, take Canva to the next level, uh, really focus on your business and your brand, right. uh, and work together better with a team as well. I think it's absolutely just so fascinating, and it's, it's really, really helpful for someone that's not with a design background. I, at one point when I was younger, I actually did know, I knew how to use Photoshop, but then I didn't use it for a couple of years. And then you basically have to relearn it. You have to go back up this learning curve and then the, 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 the tools and you know the menus. And then so that was actually when I was just Googled like other options. And then that's where I found Canva. Um, and the, the great part about it is uh, now when I use it, um, you know, I'll use it. And you guys have these amazing templates. I literally just used it for my son's first birthday party. And I was my wife was like, find an invite template and I want superpower theme. And I literally looked and within like a minute, I found exactly that. So it was, it was brilliant, life-saving. Um, and it just, I feel like it just, um, the technology is really good and it just keeps improving. So what are some of the features that you're currently working on and uh, that you're looking to improve uh, to an already very, very sophisticated platform? Yes, I think as we build out different parts of the product, we just keep discovering more and more areas where we can apply our philosophy of design. Um, so we originally started with uh, bloggers and social medias and really focused on their needs. And it's spread out to consumers, so now you can get a great superhero birthday invitation. <laughs> uh, and it's also gone in a professional direction as well. Um, one of those uh, more interesting directions is into presentations, which we've really doubled down on. Uh, and we'll be, we'll be building out a lot more of that this, this, uh, this year. We recently uh, had an acquisition of a company called Zedings, which 
uh, is really aligned with our philosophy on presentations and and the notion that PowerPoint has been around for a while and is right. a very particular way of presenting things. Uh, and times have changed and the way that people want to communicate and present ideas is different now. Mm. Um, so Zedings is very, um, very bullish on presentations being... Uh, two-way dialogue rather than just one person standing up on stage and, and forcing their idea at everyone. Right. So they've built a bunch of technology to help presentations be, be more dynamic, capture real-time data and analytics, and foster that conversation between the people that you're talking to. That's fantastic. I, uh, I remember when I was, uh, I had a career on Wall Street, uh, you know, about 15 years ago when I first started my career, and I remember uh, basically one part of my entire job would be just to tinker around on PowerPoint and prepare for a presentation. It would take hours and hours and hours. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that sort of solution when, when, uh, when that becomes available. Um, so you recently, or earlier this year, had a quite a significant funding round. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys, that has basically put you into unicorn status as the only unicorn from Australia. That's so correct. So congratulations. Thank That's you very huge, much. That's huge, huge news. Um, for full transparency, I actually am indirectly an investor into your company because I'm a uh, 500 Startups uh, Fund 2 LP. Oh, amazing. So, um, and it was, I was really excited when I found out that they were actually investing. This was several years ago. Yeah. Um, because I'd used the app myself and I was like, this is a great, great, great investment. So, uh, congratulations. Um, you know, for, for sure, uh, you guys are, are, are charging uh straight ahead um, just sort of looking forward you know um, 2018 and 19 and beyond what are some of the milestones benchmarks that you guys as a company are focusing on um, and if there's any sort of data points that you would like to share with the audience to look out for yeah I think as as the company's grown we're in our sixth year coming up to our seventh year now and as the company's grown, we've found, it, we found ourselves more in a position to be, to be able to live towards our values and really express the values of the company through the work that we're doing and the impact that we have on the world. Um, so we're really focusing on uh, Canva being a force for good and how we can influence that both through the individual actions we take at our company and through the scale that we have in our product. Um, so quite recently, we, we had an initiative at work where we encouraged all our employees to, to find a way to contribute to the community. And we uh, got together and 50 of us got together on a Saturday, came into the office and actually cooked a thousand meals for wow. homeless people in our community. Um, and, that, and, and working from the grassroots like that is really important to us because that then affects how people are empowered in other parts of the company. Sure. Um, so we have, again, a, a not-for-profit not -profit program uh, that we um, promote through Canva. And we have 20,000 not-for-profits now using that. And they get the Canva for Work subscription package for free, which allows them to work with their teams, uh, find volunteers, increase their donations, and really spread their positive impact all across mm -hmm. the world. So we wanted to be doing more of those things. Uh, and that's really important to the future of the company and, and also the passion of the people that join us as well. We're up, to, we're up to about 300 people now at wow. the company. And we've found that our mission and our drive really attracts those people to, the, to Canva. And we want the people that come and work there to have the same passion and drive to mm -hmm. improve the world and, and bring about change through design. Um, so it's really important that we communicate that 
out. It sounds like Canva is an awesome place to work. Uh, wh what sort of challenges have you experienced as the organization grows? You know, I mean, being one of the first <laughs> employees uh, to now managing 300 people uh, and trying to basically retain that, that culture and that sort of, uh, you know, the the right sort of place to that you know with the right message and the, the right sort of values um you know how have you been able to cope with that um you know tell us a little bit about your your experience there as you've seen just uh, amazing growth yeah scale and growth have been pretty challenging and you go through definite phases as as the number of people in the company increases roughly every time you double uh stuff just starts breaking and you have to you have to think about different ways to tackle you know the same challenges. Um, over the past four years, we've kind of really zeroed down on the values that we want to live by and that we want to run the company by. And they've been incredibly important in guiding the decisions that we make and helping people who come into Canva to understand how they should be making decisions and what they should be prioritizing. Um, so we originally started with 12 values that no one could remember and we've, we've now zeroed those down into six that really matter to us right. and that we're constantly communicating particularly to new people that come to Canva so uh, anyone who's new to Canva goes through a very uh, well thought out onboarding process where we uh, pair them up with someone on their team who looks after them uh, they have lots of sessions telling both about you know the little technical details of Canva as well as the broader philosophies and the values um, and how we make decisions. And by giving people that knowledge and then setting them free, uh, it really empowers them. And we set up our team structure such that each team has the resources to operate almost like a mini startup. Hmm. And they can make their own decisions, set their own crazy big goals, and get stuff done without having to go through too many layers of uh, decision making. And that's been really important to moving fast and also keeping our people passionate about what they're doing and feeling like they're in control of the stuff that they're actually contributing to Canva. Right. Um, speaking of growth and funding, um, you know, at where you guys sit, I mean, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time. What are sort of the future plans? I'm sure you've had acquisition offers. I'm sure you've been tossing around the idea of potentially, you know, going public, this sort of thing. What, do you, what are your thoughts and what do you feel about, how do you feel about that whole thing? The impact that we've seen Canva have on the world, it has really made us understand that we want, we want to continue doing that. Um, and we always love, you know, we can, we can spout off many metrics about, you know, millions of users and 20 designs created a second. But when you drill down into the stories behind those, um, it really makes you understand why we do what we do. And we want to keep doing that. Um, we'd love to keep Can Canva independent um, and are being a real force for good in the world. Um, so that's, that's where we're headed. We want to keep Canva driving forward, make sure that all our teams are kicking crazy big goals uh, and keep expanding the number of areas that we're helping people out in. Right. Fantastic. Um, so as we look to wrap up, just a final couple more questions for you. Um, and thank, thanks again for your time. I mean, it's, it's been a pleasure sitting down with you in person. is, oh, is amazing. Right. Um, I always ask this to successful entrepreneurs because I think my audience gets a lot out of it. You know, I mean, having gone through the struggle and the climb of building a, a very successful business. And this is a, not an easy question to answer, but if there's one or two pieces of advice that you could give, to people maybe, uh, you know, that are sitting there six years, eight years ago where you were, uh, you know, to get from point A to where you are now, uh, what would that piece of advice be? 
I think in the early days, uh, I find there are stories of people who have set out by themselves and, and created amazing companies, but uh, having been through it and had the support of partners and understood the interplay between all three of us and our skill set, um, I think you really have to know what you're good at as, a, as an individual and also what you're not so good at. Right. And you need to find the supporting partners that fill in those gaps and the partners whose gaps you fill in as well. Um, so finding that founding team and making sure that you fit together perfectly as a jigsaw is incredibly important. Um, and also really understanding the pain point that you're trying to solve. Uh, often people will pitch you a lot of ideas that sound like great technology, uh, quite inventive or creative, but don't necessarily solve something that someone out in the world is mm -hmm. actually feeling pain on. And that was one of the key things that we did early on is we solved the problem that people were really feeling and gave them a solution that really changed their world. I mean, you need to do that in order to, to have a product that's going to be successful. That's uh, absolutely great advice um, on both parts. You know, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of us struggle because we're sort of taught growing up to, if you're not good at something, to just keep trying and trying and trying, even though maybe you just will never be very good at that. And so identifying what your strengths and what your weaknesses are and then finding the right people to partner with, very, very crucial. Um, so uh, lastly, I guess, you know, you're, you're here for Rise. You know, I, I don't know if you're doing more promotion here. Um, you know, if there's anything you want to tell our audience about, or um, if not, then where's the best place to sort of find you, follow you, maybe learn more about Canva, open up an, an account and start using the tool? Yeah, definitely hit up canva.com and sign up. It's all, it's all free to use. Um, and if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at the man in blue. Or uh, you can, yeah, it's pretty much the only place you can find The Man me. in Blue, yeah. I like that handle. <laughs> I, say, I have a website called themaninblue.com, which has been around for almost 20 years now. And I've been writing for a long time on there and put down my thoughts about design and creativity and, and starting oh, a business. So uh, if anyone wants to read about that, they can visit that too. Fantastic. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure. And uh, we're really excited uh, to hear uh, you know, about your company and the growth. And we're, it's going to be on all of our radars uh, because I'm sure we'll be hearing m many more uh, positive news flashes uh, regarding Canva. So thanks again for your time. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under 3 hours a week. Cardio not required. 
head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness. Yeah.